Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Talksport Daily. Well, hi, I'm Paul Coyte, and listening to the Talksport Daily podcast. And coming up on the pod today, so much. So we got the fallout from game day. Everton continue. Should we say they're renaissance under Carlo Ancelotti as they march up the Premier League? They really are. There's new Premier League streaming service. Uh, the Simon Jordan and I spoke about, which could well be introduced as soon as 2022, and Simon's very passionate about it. Believe me, he has a fair bit to say about the whole thing. I think I got three words in the whole thing. But anyway, you want to hear from him. He's got a lot to say, and we'll learn about what could happen in the future. Uh, and also England's win in the third one day, which was live and exclusive on the TalkSport network, but we start with a reaction to Sheffield United beating Bournemouth, who are now fifth in the Premier League. First Chris Wilder, and then Eddie Howe, then the boys on the Sunday exclusive with Mark Saggers, Ray Houghton, and Danny Mills. And that is the final kick of the game. John Moss brings it to an end at Bramall Lane, and Sheffield United march on. It's a push for the next three points, and, and that is it. And all along... At the end of the season, where it gets us, I've said it last year, if it gets us enough points to, to, to gain promotion, that's that's incredible. If it isn't, we'll deal with that, and that's the way it's going to be. Tended, I think, just to drop to the line too much for, for Billy Sharp's goal. We didn't mark him and paid the price for that. Second half, I don't think there was a lot in it. I thought maybe they shaded it in terms of possession and chances, but I thought we were, for the away team, pretty much in control, and the second goal's a, a really poor goal to concede. And maybe it might just be a Leicester now. Mm. You know, you're thinking, yeah, perhaps they've now got this sort of naive belief that why can't they go on? And and who knows where that's going to take them? They're safe now. They've got, you know, 39 points. I think that, that, see that, Danny, you, the point you just made about them being safe, I'm, I know it's different in football today and you get a lot of the managers and the coaching staff and the players all go on and celebrate after victory, a lot lot more than we ever did. You know, he was the manager would be down the tunnel and waiting for you to come in and pat you on the back as you, as you come in and you sort of applaud the, the fans and down the tunnel mm. we go. It's a lot different now. I fully understand that. But to me... It looked like they understood the magnitude of what they'd just done today, that getting to that 39 points is safety. Yeah. And that was daft as that might seem in the position that they're in. But at the beginning of the season, the manager would have had a points tally. Lads, if we get you that, we're going to be a Premier League and, club. And, and, and now they can play season. with even more freedom <laughs> yep. and just go, you know what, yep. just go out and play and let's see what happens. Who knows? We, we might get to that stage where we might just put some pressure on those Champions League sides. You know, we, we might be able to sneak into the top four. Now, now they've got to this stage, 
There is no upper limit. So now it's the final word with Simon Jordan, and I had the pleasure sitting in with Simon for Danny yesterday, who, put it this way, the hurricane stopped him coming over, so I was in there and speaking to Simon, who said a few things, especially about Prem Flicks. Now, if you don't know what Prem Flicks is, basically the league's plan for a potential, it's kind of like a Netflix-style digital streaming channel, which means you could watch any game, any Premier League game, and most importantly, it would be a lot cheaper, but also, according to Simon, earn a lot more money for the clubs. If Netflix, which is a completely different model, can produce a tech platform that can get 100 million people around the world to watch it, and they don't have any content, they have to buy other people's content, and are now starting to build their own content, but the Premier League has all its own content, why hasn't the Premier League stepped up and said, we can build a model that can bring not £2.7 billion a year in from broadcasters that really couldn't care about the product but only care about their business model and fans that are having to pay hundreds of pounds that are disconnecting and going through piracy now and piracy is underpinned or supported by organised crime funding, that sort of stuff. Mm. But we've now got a situation where they're talking about the idea of building an OTT, an over-the-top platform, to stream live football matches right. to be able to bring the product into a into a direct-to-consumer, direct-to-consumer relationship between the Premier League and the consumer. And that's exactly where they should go. And if you look at what they're talking about, they're talking about an audience of 200 million people around the world. I think that's a bit inflated. That were prepared to pay £10 a month. I said 100 million paying £10 a month. Will bring in, will bring in, under their model, £24 billion pounds a year before they even talk about advertising and sponsorship opportunities compare that to the 2.7 billion then people turn around and say but look at the cost of it look at the tech look at the risk that's going to be it's going to take a while to catch up with please believe me that there, you cannot find a joint venture with people that would fund this in conjunction with the premier league to make the premier, premier league far more lucrative than it already is but also beyond that what it does paul is it opens a door to salvation for football in this country if the deals can be tied up properly so the distribution of wealth can be put down the pyramid so we don't have to listen to crap like the Premier League not playing in the FA Cup, not playing in the League Cup, having to reduce the league from eighteen, from 20 to 18 to try and get the Championship and the League 1 and League 2 to have a different relationship with everything that they've currently got. And there's a real opportunity now for the Premier League to do something so instrumental that it could change and save the pyramid rather than what's coming, which is the championship, League One and League Two being cast asunder, clubs going bust left, right and centre because they cannot keep up with the drip-down effect of the Premier League wages. They can't. But let's be, let me ask you, isn't there... There's a lot of money in the game already. Only in one place. But that's it. How will it then go down to those other leagues? Because if it's if the if Premier League if, if that everybody's so, going to be wanting so to watch. Much money, if, there's, if there's so much money, if you can generate... I know that you, the, the belief will be that in capitalist terms, the more the elite league gets, the more it'll keep for itself, and the more the wages go. The problem with money in sport, and specifically in football, yeah. and the reasons why there's so many betting companies appearing on football club shirts is because they need the money. Right. The problem is the reason why they need the money is 95% of every dime they get through the door, they give to the players and the agents rather than sustain the football club. Is clubs. that not just going to go up and up and up? They get more money, and well, then the players if, get paid more, you, and the agents if, get if more you, money? If you can get the game to really control itself properly and enforce financial fair play to make it observe the fact that football clubs have to be profitable. Financial fair play, the governance of our national game, tells football clubs how much money they're allowed to lose. What other industry in the world has governance that says you're allowed to lose this? 
So you are at the bequest of guys like me. You're at the bequest of people that run football clubs that might run out of money like I did yeah. or might change their mind and not fancy it anymore or don't get the dynamics of what the football club means to certain people. You have to build a sustainable football club that makes profit at every level. And if you enforce financial fair play, you do that. Now, if you can get a Premier League Netflix of football that generates 10 billion a year and you carve out a mandatory 10% that the championship has to get paid a billion pounds who decides that though Simon who can actually say this 10% goes further down the Premier League everybody's greedy the though League, aren't they the Premier League can sit there and, and, and have a vantage point the Premier League was brought in to be a force for good for football yeah. in this country it is turning into a force for good for a small majority of football clubs and the impending doom for another branch. So we're all over the cricket, of course, especially on TalkSport 2, where we've had live coverage uh, of the test against South Africa, which went very well. First one, Daya, didn't go quite to plan. The second one got rained off, and so it had to be a win in the third one-day international. And England won. It was all live on TalkSport 2. And here's the winning moment when Mark Nicholas and Alex Tudor called it for us. In goes to Pamela Moen, Alex swings it to the leg side, he's not got all of it, but he's got enough of it to clear the infield, and the England batsman will run one, and they will win the game. They win by two wickets. I thought Moen Ali definitely had a spring in his step, but he was lacking through that early part of the World Cup when he wasn't himself, and he was left out after the Australia round-robin game. Um, and the, the consequence of that he, he wasn't over the per perpendicular when he released the ball. He got a little bit of spin. He bowled wicket to wicket very nicely. And really, I mean, they were good together because there was a little bit in the pitch, but not much, and they used it expertly. So you're right. And then it was nice that Moen saw it through. I think it was very important that as an experienced player, he had the, the wherewithal to do that. It was just the same that, that Adil couldn't stay with him and, and they would have been able to shake hands at the end, having taken England to victory. He's got it. Quinton de Kock has bowled. Adil Rashid is straight through. Quinton de Kock looking to drive straight back over the bowler's head. What it shows is the quality of Moen Ali and Adil Rashid in that middle period. They come in, I think they, you know, four wickets for 94, I think it was, in 20 overs. Just shows you the quality that they bring. And in those middle orders, when it can drift, they're still able to take wickets and it's hard for the batsman to get away. So I think um, you can't really leave those guys out. Um, especially in important games and, and they've put their name in the hat and as Mark Nicholas rightly said they look well rested they you know in training leading up to this they were putting on a lot of work with Jeetan Patel and it looks to be bearing fruit and I'm sure they'll want to continue that into the 2020s well, the first T20 then is live and exclusive over on TalkSport 2. We have it live for you on Wednesday. Uh, There's the T20 World Cup coming up. So this is really important that England do well now because this is where the focus is. Uh, anyway, it's on Wednesday, starting at 4pm and then back to Sunday now. Uh, and uh, it's the Sunday exclusive. Mark Saggers, Ray Houghton and Danny Mills talking Leeds United after they lost on game day against Nottingham Forest on TalkSport 2. Lolly to seal it here. He's played it square and Walker will tap it in. Nottingham board, Nottingham bread and Nottingham Forest are right at the heart of the championship promotion race. The son of Des Walker. The Elsa's teams often have a drop off towards the end of the season because they do work so hard. After the Millwall game, when they turned it around in the second half, I thought, right, OK, that's it, Neil. You know, they've, they've got themselves back and they're going to really kick on from there. And, and they didn't, um, and, it, you know, and it hasn't happened. 
I think you know, there is a worry now that the players start to lose a little bit of belief you know, amongst themselves. I know Bielsa has come out and said, you know, 45 minute press conference afterwards, no, I have to get the players to believe again and, and really push them on and, and do everything that I can. The only silver lining for Leeds is they've been on the most disastrous run ever and they're still second. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've, you've, got to, you've got to try and take, for their, from their perspective, they've got to try and take some sort of positive out of it. They've got two new forward players coming. Calvin Phillips comes back um, as well on Tuesday night, which he's a massive miss. He is one of the best players in the championship, without a shadow of a doubt. And, and playing that holding midfield role, when he's not there, there is a chasm of a hole, you know, left in the middle of the park. So he comes back in. Two new signings, uh, possibly a forward players that might just be able to come on and, and change it. But that's Brentford away, isn't it, on Tuesday? It's a huge game. Uh, absolutely massive. I was just reading a few things about Leeds and Leeds fans yesterday. And this is not every, every Leeds fan, but it was just a, you know, a few of them that were coming out and saying, I don't like where Alioski's playing. Did Ailing play centre back at some stage? I, I think Gary Ailing said he playing it right back. He, he changed it around. There's no Plan B. I, I think that is the biggest. I mean, and that yet, was the complaint. So there were too many players I, playing in positions that they shouldn't. Well, be you, you have to go down. You know, and, and obviously Guardiola is a disciple um, of Bielsa. You know, they, they talk regularly. There's lots of conversations between the two, and I think you know Guardiola looks. Pep doesn't have a Plan B, does he? Realistically, you know, it's like this is how we play. Doesn't matter what the opposition do. This is how we play. Bielsa is very, very similar at times. And when you're dominating games and the ball's not going to the back of the net, that was like against Wigan. You're thinking, creating chance after chance and Bamford's swinging and missing and he's swinging and kicking it and he's going the opposite way to the goal. You've got forward players. One wasn't even in the squad uh, and you've got the, the, the pervader, the new lad from, from Manchester City, didn't bring him on. And I think the frustration is that, you know, Bielsa, because he wants the team to work so hard and has such a set way of playing, that these forward players aren't necessarily going to get much of a chance. And, and you don't necessarily need a player to be able to play 90 minutes and be fit. Mm. You need 20 minutes. And you can get away with a bit of adrenaline for 20 minutes. And you don't need to be 90 minutes match fit. 20's fine if you're going to come on and nick a goal. And you're going to change it and do something a little bit different. And maybe, I mean, obviously, he's a bit exceptional. Um, but maybe you know he's of that age where he's also a little bit stubborn. So things continue to be a little wobbly again as it always seems to be at this time of the year for Leeds United. Uh, and West Brom stay top. They're fine. Another win for them, beating Millwall at the Dentic. Stay top of the championship. Uh, anyway, here's Ian Abrahams with his old friend Slavin Bilic. Was that the performance of champions? Yeah. Uh, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't do that, no, 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 but, but this was, I, I told to the guys, I have no problem by saying that, we're going to stay, we have to stay focused and we ain't going to become big-headed, but this was the performance, the performance, you know, you can know, it's all about the results, every time, apart from friendly games, but, 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 the result is the most, but what pleases me the most is the performance, the quality, everybody, 95 minutes or whatever, you know, we were solid, we were, we battered them in a physical way, which is, which is very difficult to do against them. They are, they are very good in that, they're exceptional in that. To be like that, and everybody was talking about Millwall weather, you know, and crowd and everything, and they were like, shh, no, they, and we smell that, you know, and the and the players, nobody can smell it better than the players when you're on a pitch. When you smell that, you are better than them. Or they smell they today, you know what I mean? Today, they, they ain't, got a, not ain't got a chance, but it's going to be difficult for them. That's what happened. The only thing is that we should have scored more goals. Anyway, back to game day. He's Everton beating Palace on Talk Sport. And then Carlo Ancelotti. 
The ball goes in towards the near post. Richarlison with the header hits the crossbar. Calvert Lewin is there to seal the victory. And Dominic Calvert Lewin scores again. Ancelotti has worked his magic with this boy. The work that everyone in the club has done in this period was uh, really good, in my opinion. Players, club, uh, staff, everyone. Uh, and now our table is good uh, and we can dream to, to fight for the Europa League in the next games. What are you saying? This is Darren Ben. You listen to the Talksport Daily. <laughs> it's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, it's a North London special in the latest edition of the Glory Hunters podcast, representing Spurs, the man of many voices, someone I know very well, Phil Cornwell, who reveals the secret behind, and boy, this is good, behind the perfect Mick Jagger. Impression, Phil. When I was a kid, I used to do the movements and go, oh, all like that, right? But then one day, I actually saw a clip of Mick Jagger doing the opening speech from Richard III, which was bizarre, from a film called Fitzgeraldo. It was an outtake or something. And I got his voice from that because he sort of did this, now is the wind <laughs> of our discontent. <laughs> May glorious summer by the sun of York. <laughs> and all the clouds that lord upon our house. And I just thought, that's beautiful. And it was for real, he actually did it. And I yeah. got the voice through, through that, you know. And there's a bit of Kenneth Williams in there as well, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you know. So he's very posh and then he goes all sort of like, you know. Yes. Holloway Road. <laughs> <laughs> It's excellent. The Glory Hunters podcast is hosted by Charlie Baker and, and Phil Cornwell there with Terry Alderton and Jacob Hawley and, of course, Natalie Sawyer, uh, available from all your usual podcast providers. So now, the Trans-Euro Express with Rob Daly, Andy Brassel and Lars Simpson. OK, Lars, Andy, let's uh, talk about Paris Saint-Germain, who have beaten Lyon by four goals to two tonight. But we've already talked about the game a little bit, so we're going to talk about the issue that they have off the field and um, two, their two best players in Kylian Mbappe and Neymar are the focus for our chat tonight because Neymar had his lavish 
And it's always lavish for a celebrity party. <laughs> lavish birthday party in the week. And Kylian Mbappe's had a couple of strops when taken off by a head coach, Thomas Tuchel. First of all, Andy, do, do those two players have too much power, do you think, at, at Paris Saint-Germain right now? Or think they have the power at Paris Saint-Germain right now? I think it's unavoidable that they have a, a certain amount of power and you know Paris Saint-Germain knew that from the, the minute they brought Neymar in I think the difference from when they brought Neymar in and where they are now is the return of Leonardo that's absolutely huge as sporting director because there is some substance some gravitas at board level I think that's very important in terms of the day-to-day running of the club. Uh, Nasser Al-Khalafi has other stuff to, to deal with rather than actually running the, 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 the pro side of the, of the of the club. So I, I think for Leonardo to be back, I mean, we, we, we talked about how when Carlo Ancelotti went, they've been looking for a trainer exactly like Ancelotti from the moment he left and, and, and not found another one. I felt the same about Leonardo going as sporting director, but the difference is they've actually managed to, to get him back. So it doesn't feel as if there's any player that's bigger than the club at the moment, which I think is a really positive move for them. Um, I think when you look at how the club has been run since the start of the season, you look at their transfer window, and of course there was the opportunistic signing of um, Icardi but on the whole a very sensible not very sexy not very Paris Saint-Germain type transfer window I tend to think that they're in a much better place than they were this time this year the difference is um, and we were talking about it with Borussia Dortmund before the perception is they're Paris they're big time Charlies they're always going to chip off and the way that Mbappe going off and Bear in mind, he's only 21 and he wants to play still. And he feels that maybe he doesn't have the same amount of, of, of privilege as, as, as Neymar, for example. It, it, the way that is perceived because it's Paris, no one's turning around and saying, has Marco Royce got too much power? Has Ashraf Hakimi got too much power? Because it's Dortmund. And there's not the perception of them being big swinging celebrities, is there? Well, there it is, the TalkSport Daily Podcast, and I'm Paul Coy in for Andy Goldstein. Don't forget, you can download this pod, although if you're listening to it, I guess you probably are. But anyway, in future, just in case you forget where to download it, it's very simple. Uh, via Acast, Spotify, and Apple Pods as well. Uh, another one of these, same time tomorrow. If you're up in the morning, and it's currently between 5 and 6, I'm currently on TalkSport and TalkSport 2. If it's between 6 and 9, I'm currently on TalkSport 2 with Sports Day. If it's 9... None of those will join us tomorrow. That was a podcast from Talk Sport.